friends in Christ. In this Lenten season, we have heard our Lord's call to struggle against sin, death, and the devil, all that keeps us from loving God and each other. This is the struggle to which we were called at baptism. Within the community of the church, God never wearies of forgiving sin and giving the peace of reconciliation. On this night, let us confess our sin against God and our neighbor and enter the celebration of the great three days reconciled with God and with one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done and by what we have left undone, we have not loved you with our poor heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for us and for his sake forgives us all our sins. Through his Holy Spirit he cleanses us and gives us power to proclaim the mighty deeds of God who called us out of darkness into the splendor of his light. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. Almighty Father, whose most dear Son, on the night before he suffered, instituted the sacrament of his body and blood, mercifully grant that we may receive it in thankful remembrance of Jesus Christ our Savior who in these holy mysteries gives us a pledge of eternal life, and who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from Exodus. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall mark for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell the whole congregation of Israel that on the tenth of this month they are to take a lamb for each family a lamb for each household. If a household is too small for a whole lamb, it shall join its closest neighbor in obtaining one. The lamb shall be divided in proportion to the number of people who eat of it. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a year old male. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the 14th day of this month. Then the whole assembled congregation of Israel shall slaughter it at twilight. They, tell, they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the lamb that same night. They shall eat it roasted over the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roast it over the fire with its head, legs, and inner organs. You shall, you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. This is how you shall eat it your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it hurriedly. It is the Passover of the Lord. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike down every firstborn in the land of Egypt, 
both human beings and animals, on all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague shall destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be a day of remembrance for you. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. Throughout your generations, you shall observe it as a perpetual ordinance. The word of the Lord. We will intone the Psalm 116. reading from 1 Corinthians. For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, you do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, 
you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, one who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason he said, not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, he had put on his robe and had returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For if I have set you as an example, that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, on this holy night, we remember three key events from the Gospel. We remember that Christ celebrated the Passover with his disciples, that Christ instituted the sacrament of Holy Communion for the Church, and that Christ washed the feet of his disciples. And these are three distinct events, but they're all going to point to one foundational truth tonight. That is that Jesus Christ has come to be the lamb who bears the sins of the world. The setting for this night in the gospel is that Jesus is eating the Passover meal with his disciples. In the book of Exodus, this is called the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, and the Jewish people are commanded to keep this feast every year during the month, which roughly correlates to our month of April. And during the Passover meal, Jewish people are to recall the night of the Passover that we read in Exodus. And so we remember that this is the time when the angel of the Lord passed over the Jews in Egypt who had put, blood, put the blood of the lamb on their doorpost. The rest of the firstborn sons in Egypt were killed in God's judgment. This was the action that commences the exodus of the Israelites out of Egypt. And so the Passover, the story of the Passover, the remembrance of the Passover was always a remembrance of God's deliverance. And so in God's timing, it's no coincidence that this is the night that Jesus is betrayed, handed over, and that his suffering is set into motion. Jesus is the Passover lamb. The lambs which were slaughtered in the Old Testament were giving us a picture of the true lamb who was to come. This lamb, Jesus Christ, was the true spotless lamb, the lamb with no blemish, the lamb that had no sin of his own, the perfect lamb. And because this lamb was slaughtered, he delivers us from the enemies of God. Because of his blood, we are released from the power and tyranny, not of Pharaoh, 
but of Satan. Because of his blood, we are delivered not from the chains of physical slavery, but from the chains of sin. And because of his blood, we are passed over by death. He takes, his sin, he takes our sins onto himself. Our sins are put onto his body. He receives God's wrath for the sins which he bears for us. And so we are delivered. And because he is the lamb who delivers us by his own body and blood, Jesus institutes, he begins for his disciples, the sacrament of Holy Communion. He says the bread and the wine that we receive are, in fact, his body and blood. He's not speaking to them symbolically. And this is why it's so important to understand that in communion, we receive the actual body and blood of our Lord. Jesus is showing us, and he is giving to us, the very body, the very blood which bore our sins. This is the body that was hung on a cross for us. It is the body which was raised from the tomb for us. When we receive the body and blood of Christ, we can receive it knowing that he has forgiven us, that he has done this for us. God's promise of forgiveness is tied into the body and blood of Christ. And Christ gives us his body and blood to eat, precisely because eating is the thing that gives us great joy in this world. And I've said this during Lent, and maybe, again, it's old-fashioned, but the old advice to young wives was that a way to a man's heart was through his stomach. And maybe we don't say that anymore. That's too old-fashioned. But it's true that all people everywhere, men and women, love to eat delicious food. We enjoy sitting around the table with family and friends, eating and drinking, celebrating. Those meals and those experiences are what we look forward to. And so Jesus gives us communion to eat as a way to celebrate our deliverance from death into life. He is using our stomachs to get to our hearts. In this meal that Jesus gives us, he is giving us a promise. Now, the meal is not a sacrifice. It's not a ritual we're doing to try to make God happy. It's not a ritual we're doing to try to justify ourselves. But it's a meal in which we receive God's faithfulness in his word. It's in this word that we receive in the meal that we are given the certainty that our sins are forgiven, that we're given eternal life. And finally, on this night, we remember that Jesus washes the feet of his disciples. Christ is telling his disciples that he has become a slave for them. That's who washed feet in the ancient world. It was servants, it was slaves. And so Jesus is telling them he is pouring himself out. He, who is the king of all creation, the master, the teacher, and the one by whom all things exist, he is the one who rightfully receives all the praise of heaven and earth. But here he is, washing the feet of a dozen common men from Galilee. Jesus is telling them that he has come to be a servant to all. He has come to save all of us. He has come to save the lowest of the low. He has come to bear our sins, to become the ultimate slave on our behalf. He has come to do for us the work that we could not do on our own. And all of this he does out of his love. Christ has come to die for us because he loves us. Likewise, he tells us then to unite with one another out of love. 
serve one another, understand that no one is better than the other. Instead, we are all saved by that which we cannot do for ourselves. We are saved by what the Lamb does for us. We are united by and through Christ's love. The unity of spirit is a gift that Christ also gives us in Holy Communion. Of course, communion means literally coming together. And so we are coming together as ones who have been saved by Christ. This is lived out in the sacrament. When we come together to kneel to receive the body and blood of Christ, we are doing so as all who are equally saved, all who are equally in need of Christ. Luther puts it like this, our Lord gave us this sacrament to bring about unity of faith, of doctrine, of life. The external differences in the stations of life will continue. There is not always equality there. Each one has his own duties to perform, which differ vastly from each other. A farmer leads another life than a prince. The wife of the house has other duties to perform than the maid. Such distinctions must ever remain in our everyday life. But in Christ, there is neither male nor female, no prince nor tiller. They are all Christians. The gospel, the promise and faith which I have, belongs equally to prince, peasant, woman, servant, and child. And such equality is indicated by the Holy Supper, since in it we all receive the same food, the same nourishment. Whether we be man or wife, matron or maid, father or child, ruler or subject, if we have the same faith, we are heirs of the same heaven. Though I reside here and another in Jerusalem, and we are personally total strangers to each other, for we both have the same Lord, in whom we believe and hope in our salvation. And this union of faith causes the devil immense displeasure. He is never on the alert to sunder our communion, for he knows how his influence is thwarted when Christians come together in faith. In the sacrament, Christ gives us this great gift of being united as one. That is, we're not set above one another in the faith. We're all equally made free by Christ. We're all equally made servants of the word in Christ, and we are all equally made servants of one another. And what a gift that is when we come together to receive the body and blood of Christ. And so now having talked about the three big points of Maundy Thursday, I do want to briefly address Clementine. Clementine will receive the sacrament for the first time tonight. And so Clementine, tonight, for the first time, you will receive the great gift that God has for you. It's a great gift because God is giving you himself. In communion, he is giving you the forgiveness of sins. He is healing you. He is showing you his love for you. And in communion, he is making a promise to you that he is always going to be here for you. He is also giving you the gift of those who are behind you right now, who are going to commune with you tonight. God is telling you that those people behind you are also part of your family. The people sitting behind you tonight are your brothers and sisters, and God is going to use these people in your life. They will love you, they will support you, they will pray for you, they will encourage you. And God is giving you this gift. And this is a gift not just for tonight. The beauty of it is that this is a gift you get to receive 
over and over and over. So in your life, you're going to experience good times. You will experience bad times. Some days will be wonderful. Some days will be awful. Some days God will seem very close. Some days God will seem very far. But he is giving you this gift of communion so that no matter what is going on in your life, you can come to him and know for certain, without a doubt, that he loves you. And so when God in his word says, this is my body given for you, this is my blood shed for you, trust those words with your whole heart. Those words say that God has made a decision about you, and that decision is that he claims you. He claims you as his very own child. And because he is God Almighty, he gets what he wants. And so when he claims you, it is for certain. So when you come to receive the body and blood of our Lord in communion, come trusting in your heart that God is forever for you. Amen.
standing together, let us pray for new life in the church, new hope for the world, and God's love for all who are in need. Lord God, you have given us the wonderful sacrament of the body and blood of your Son as a memorial to his suffering and death. Work in us through this sacrament so that we may proclaim your kingdom and that we may be empowered to love one another as you have loved us. Lord, in your mercy. Blessed Lord, give to us the same mind as that of your son Jesus, who humbled himself for us and in obedience accepted death. Guide us by your Holy Spirit to humble ourselves for your sake and for the sake of the whole world. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, help us remember all poor and neglected in our community, the homeless and the poor, the elderly and all who have no one to care for them. Help us to heal, encourage, and comfort those who are broken in spirit, and teach us to love and serve the least among us. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, bless your church and provide for her faithful pastors and workers, that we may keep the faith and not be led astray by every wind of change. Give strength, courage, and wisdom to our Bishop Daniel and to all ministers, that they may faithfully proclaim your word. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty Lord, guide those in authority in our land, especially our President Joseph and our Congress, that our laws may be just and may lead to the pursuit of virtue. Give them the grace to be your servants for the good of your people. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, comfort those in any distress in our congregation, grant healing to the sick, and peace to those who are troubled. Lord, in your mercy. And receive our praise for the lives of the saints who faithfully served you, who modeled to us how to love our neighbor, and who now rest from their labors. Keep us in fellowship with all of your saints and bring us at last to your kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. We pray to you, O God, in the name of the one who endured the cross, forgives our sins, and feeds us at his table, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And now the peace of the Lord be with you always. Please stand.
us pray. Blessed are you, O God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts, ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Use us and what we have gathered in feeding the world with your love through the one who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, Almighty and merciful Father, through our Savior Jesus Christ, whose suffering and death gave salvation to all. You gather your people around the tree of the cross, transforming death into life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending We give you thanks, O Lord our God, for the wonders of your love and mercy. We praise you for the goodness you showed to your people Israel, leading them after your Passover from their bondage in Egypt to the land of promise. We praise you for your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave us the new Passover and his Holy Supper. As he took his place at the table with his disciples, we remember how as he washed their feet, he gave them the new commandment to love one another. Though betrayed and forsaken, he overcame hatred with his forgiving love, enduring the suffering and shame of the cross, reconciling us to you. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim our Lord's death until he comes. Loving Father, we celebrate this communion, recalling our Lord's agony in the garden, his holy passion, and his life-giving resurrection. We await his coming as Lord of the new creation, when all people shall serve one another with love and rejoicing in his kingdom. And send your spirit among us, and upon this bread of life and this cup of blessing, and through our Lord's life-giving body and blood, we may ever rejoice in the forgiveness of sins and be sanctified by the truth of his cross. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, 
who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
Let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why so far from saving me? So far from the words of my groaning. My God, I cry out by day, you answer by night, but I find no rest. Yet you are the Holy One, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our ancestors put their trust in you. They trusted and you rescued them. They cried out to you and you were delivered. They trusted you and were put not to shame. But as for me, I am a worm, and not human, scorned by all, and despised by the people. All who see me laugh me in scorn. They curl their lips. They shake their heads. Trust in the Lord. Let the Lord deliver. Let God rescue him, if God so delights in him. Yet you are the one who drew me forth from the womb and kept me safe on my mother's breast. I have been entrusted to you ever since I was born. You were my God when I was still in my mother's womb. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help me. Many young bulls encircle me, strong bulls of the shot surround me. They open wide their jaws at me, like the slicing and roaring lion. I am poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart within my breast is melting wax. My strength is dried up like a potsherd. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. And you have laid me in the dust of death. Packs of dogs close in me. A man of evildoers circle around me. They pierce my hands and my feet. I can count all the bones while they stare at me in gloats. They divide my garments among them, for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, be not far away. O my help, hasten to my aid. Deliver me from the sword, my life from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth, from the horns of the wild bull, you have rescued me. I will declare your name to my people in the midst of the assembly. I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, get praise. All of you of Jacob's line, get glory. Stand in awe of the Lord, all of you offspring of Israel. For the Lord does not despise nor afford the poor in their poverty. Neither is the Lord's face hidden from them. But when they cry out, the Lord hears them. From you comes my praise in the great assembly. I will perform my vows in the sight of those who fear the Lord. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Let those who seek the Lord give praise. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of nations shall 
shall serve the Lord, whom they shall proclaim to generations to come. They shall proclaim God's deliverance to the people yet unborn, saying to them, The Lord 